Welcome to Real Money Talks, how to make money, manage money, and invest money. Your Real Money Talks host, Laurel Langmire, gets straight to the point about what it actually takes to make money and build lasting wealth in today's changing economic climate. If you're ready to get the financial results you've always dreamed of, keep listening. Real Money Talks is the right place for you. And now here's your host, Laurel Langmire. Hi, this is Laurel, and you are with Laurel's Real Money Talks podcast. We come live to you every week to inspire you on how to make money, how to keep money, how to invest money, how to use a team properly, how to really put a wealth team around you. And uh, we talk about all current issues. So today I have with me uh, Weldon Wolstein, and uh, he is actually my CFO, CPA, extraordinary tax strategist. Uh, I think last year... I'd say was upward of what, at least $3 million that you helped people either save or get back in taxes from the feds. So uh, welcome to uh, the podcast, Weldon. Hey, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Here's a question I'd probably never have asked you. Why are you so good? And there's so many odd CPAs in the world. Do they just like to do those 1040 EZs? They don't use the whole tax code? Because today, my uh, folks that are listening out there, we're talking about the new tax reform. This won't be our first podcast. We'll do many as it continues to uh, get laid out. But we want to be first and uh, foremost on what's going on out there. But answer my first question. What makes you like, why are you so different? You just care more? You get more curious? You know, you know, Laurel, I can say it actually in a pretty pretty simple sentence is that one, I want you to keep more of your money instead of giving it to the government, because I think I think you have a better idea of how to spend it. And keeping that in mind is as a very definite goal for everything you do. I think that really guides me. Why I why I actually choose to do this is I see it as a puzzle. and I love puzzles. So it's kind of, you know, the more difficult as, as you can experience, you can attest to, the more difficult it is, the kind of the, the funner it, it gets, because I mean, it's a, you know, you can start off with your hundred piece puzzle, but when you're really concentrating and the value or the, the benefit, I think you get out of doing a 5,000 piece puzzle is, is really, really kind of cool. I would agree. And I, you know, people ask me why I do it. And I said, it's the creativity of it. And most people look at finance, taxes, investing, you know, as a math equation, not a creativity puzzle solving. And for those of you listening, again, we're all off Wall Street, alternative asset investing and conversations. So this isn't something you're going to hear on Wall Street. It's not going to what you're going to hear from H&R Block or Schwab or Fidelity. It's, uh, you know, I liken it to, you know, there's a Western traditional hospital and traditional doctors and there's alternative doctors. Well, we're the alternative finance people. So we only have a short time. We're going to jump into it and give you the most up to date in the tax reform that we know. And then we'll be coming back and you'll get to know Weldon over the course of uh, our time together on the podcast. So first, just talk about the tax reform in general. There was a lot of controversy about it. Just speak about the, the reform in general and then we'll get into some of the changes. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a pretty sweeping tax reform bill. I mean, probably one of the biggest changes since the uh, 1986 tax reform bill. I mean, there's some pretty significant changes that they've uh, put in place that, you know, affects a a lot of people. It really kind of directs the benefits towards businesses and um, entities versus wage earners. Um, I would say that's probably one of the major differences or the benefits where I think a lot of the tax 
reform acts in the past have kind of benefited wage earners. Uh, this one is really geared towards businesses. Awesome. Well, and that would be us and what we endorse. Uh, you know, businesses make money and uh, individuals get the highest tax. So talk about some of those major changes around the businesses. You know, I'm assuming that's going to be mostly around S-Corps, LLCs and C-Corps. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously everybody knew, I mean, kind of one of the biggest changes is the 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 drop in the corporate tax rate from the, the top rate to the uh, low rate. They actually settled at a, at a 21% base, a flat corporate tax rate. Now, a lot of people kind of like that tax rate if you're in the higher brackets. However, I mean, a ca- just a word of caution, if you're in the um, under the, oh, what was it, the $50,000 range for your corporate C-corporate profits, your tax rate actually went went up because the lowest tax rate before was 15%, and now it's uh, flat at 21%. So, I mean, with that, it's just not across the board that you can say, oh, well, I'm going to convert to a C-corp or something like that. You've got to really still look at what you're what you're doing and, and do some planning. You can't just do a, a blanket. Well, I'm going to do this and save taxes. So that, and I would say the other big big change is the uh, change of the bracket systems. The top rate went down from 39.6 to 37 percent. But um, there are most definitely ways to manipulate that into getting a, a lower tax rate. Uh, of all the changes, what's, uh, again, the best that you've seen and my, what's the okay. worst that you've seen? Okay. My favorite change of all was the it's the it's the first time it's ever been put into any kind of tax law. But it's the um, it's a tax deduction that's applied to your taxable income on business profits. So and this for anything that flows down to your personal return, whether it's a C Corp, a partnership, LLCs, even even sole proprietorships whatever the profit is that gets put to your tax return, you get a 20% tax deduction offsetting your taxable income. It starts to limit out at above about $315,000. It starts to be limited. But for most people who are making that in that, that range, they're going to see a top, the, basically the, the most, the highest tax bracket that they're going to pay is about 29%, which is pretty decent for you know somebody who's who's making a significant amount of uh, business profit so it's it's kind of weird how it's how that's calculated it, it runs most of the deductions before would be an above the line or it adjusts the your agi but this one it won't adjust your agi for other calculations but it just it comes off of your taxable income and so i mean if you make a hundred thousand dollars net net profit on your business now that's after so the net profit is after your you've got your income your expenses, and then that bottom line, that's your net profit. So you make $100,000, you're going to get a $20,000 reduction of your taxable income from that because of that 20% credit. I mean, that, that's a pretty significant number. So is it just on the businesses that are, is it a net or gross profit of 100 or more? So it's basically in anything with a, any kind of business that has a net profit, you're going to get 20% deduction of that net profit. So you make uh, $10,000, you're going to get a $2,000 decrease in your taxable income. So it's anybody who's, who has a business will see that taxable income deduction. If their CPA tax strategist actually follows the code. In your estimation, well, then how many people do you think are really paying attention to this? In the vast kind of field of CPAs out there, do you think most of them are going to know what's really going on? I would say the good ones, yes, um, but no, I wouldn't. I don't think a lot of people are really paying attention. They may pay attention to the tax change and, and what's going to happen to them, 
But as far as figuring out what exactly that they, how to, how to utilize it the best, I would say probably, you know, maybe 10, 15% of the people are really analyzing that. And so what would be your advice to, especially business owners, because this is affecting business owners. I mean, our advice as a community would say, become a business owner, if you, especially if you're a high income earner. But what would your advice to business owners, like what are some of the questions, I guess, that they should be asking their accountant before they fire them and then come over here? <laughs> uh, what would be some of the questions or advice you give folks that are listening? They're saying, I'm a business and I'm, I'm in my six figure range. What should they be doing? So this is where it, it kind of becomes a little tricky because if let's just say they're a sole proprietorship and as a sole proprietorship, you're paying all that net, that net profit is going to be taxable for regular income tax plus self-employment tax. And that's the social security, Medicare tax, an additional 15%. So we've got to look at whether it becomes a S corporation and we run it as an S corp and manipulating those profits versus wages, because we still need to pay some social security, Medicare tax, but we don't get, let me give you an example. Let's say you have an, an S corporation, you pay yourself, you have a net profit of $100,000. You pay yourself $50,000 in a wage, so a W-2, because you have to still have some kind of wage. You pay yourself $50,000 in a W-2. The other $50,000 comes down as a uh, net profit. Now, that net profit deduction that you get is only going to be attached to the $50,000 that came to you on the net profit. It is not, you don't get any kind of benefit by taking those wages. So, We've got to figure out what the best percentage is to take as wage versus taking as profit. Obviously, we're going to want to take as much profit as possible. The IRS is going to probably want us to take as much wage as possible, which, you know, we've got to then that'll be settled in in some regulations and, and the, the honestly, the court systems to figure out what that reasonable number, it, what it what it can be. And but obviously we want to have that wage as low as possible, which is kind of if you're not going to be on top of it and your accountant's not really thinking about things, they're just going to run and let you go. Put even if you put it all in wage, you know, that then you don't get any of that benefit from the taxing. So that's where you really need to look at it throughout the year and figure out what what the best course of action is going to be for you. So well, then let's switch back to the code. What's the worst part and the worst item in the, the new tax law? You know, I would have to probably say there's two parts, especially for, you know, the higher income individuals. And that's the the limitation on the mortgage interest deduction, and then the limitation on the property tax and, and income tax. So we'll explain a little bit about that. It's basically, if you live on any of the coasts, your property and your income tax are going to be fairly substantial. So in a lot of cases, most people, they're going to be limited on what they can deduct. So on your Schedule A, now this is for your your primary residence and your, your regular job, whatever state income tax and whatever property tax you've paid for those, you're going to be limited to taking $10,000 a year for it, which, you know, it, that actually for anybody who owns a home, that's going to limit out pretty quickly. So I don't, I don't think that was a very good benefit. And then also the um, limitation on the mortgage. So again, if you ha- own a home, again, probably on the coasts, but your house mortgage is over the $750,000 limit, you're not going to be able to deduct the amount over that 750. So if you've got, a, say, a million dollar mortgage on your, your home, $250,000 of that mortgage is going to be non-deductible. 
for the interest on that mortgage. And they, they did that, honestly, to, to pay for some of the other deductions that they put into place. Politically, there, you know, obviously it was done because they were already going to get no votes from those states anyway, so they shoved it to them. So talk a little bit about the process. You said, you know, some of the votes, the states are voting. So can the, each state decide how much they want to accept or deny? So they can't. Each state, on the states, you have to file a tax return. Yeah, they can actually, they don't have to ratify these changes. In most cases, they do, but um, it is not necessarily guaranteed. So each state will go through the process and figure out if they want to ratify it or not. And honestly, some of the states on the coast, might you might see a difference in their mortgage deduction. Most of them, you can't deduct the state income tax anyway, but at least the property tax, maybe not put a limitation on the property tax. Um, yeah, we'll see over the next uh, nine months, probably what, you know, how that pans out. And so will all of this be effective 2018 as we head into that, the closing tax year? Correct. There are only a very few items that affected anything in 2017. You know, it's basically the mortgage deduction. If you had a house that you closed before a certain date, then then you were exempt from the 750. You know, so there's some really fine lines there. There are some depreciation issues. But in most cases, these are all going to affect 2018 and going forward, which gives us uh, some time to do some planning versus having to rush at the very end of the year. So we've got some ideas. Um, We can get everything kind of set in stone for this upcoming year to make sure we take advantage of all this stuff. Perfect. So if they're in a C corporation, have a net income of $25,000, will they see any benefit? Yeah. So if they had a a net profit of, you know, $25,000, they're actually going to see a tax increase because of the rate previously was 15% on that 25. And now that rate's gone up to that flat percent of the 20, 21%. So, so that's kind of plays to the idea that you can't just do one strategy and say, that's going to be good for me done deal. I'm ready to go. I mean, now, you know, using a C Corp, if you've got a hundred thousand dollars of net profits or something that we need to look at that versus whether we bring it down to your personal stuff. I mean, so that's, that's kind of where we, we want to play with those strategies versus just kind of going blanket strategy. And what if I have a rental property? Can I write off, you know, the interests and you know, what will happen with the taxes in that? Yeah. So that's a lot of people are kind of had, there's some confusion with this new tax law. They didn't, you know, they thought that interest on a mortgage and then uh, the interest or the taxes, property taxes, that that was going to be limited as well. And so they, those are still in place. So if you have a rental property and it's a, you have a million dollar mortgage, you're not going to be limited on the mortgage interest you take. And then also if you've got in there, you pay $30,000 worth of property tax. Again, you're going to still be able to deduct all $30,000 of that property tax versus it being limited. The only limitation comes around on the Schedule A. So again, that's kind of from the very beginning when I said this really injures or, or is, is not beneficial to wage earners. Most wage earners are going to file that Schedule A, and that's, that's where it's going to be limited. So it's going to really promote the conversion over to entities, creating a business. And I think I mentioned this to you before. It's going to, it's going to really promote people moving from a W-2 person to an independent contractor. So they can run it through a business and get some of the other, you know, some of the deductions. Well, and when you say independent contractor, too, let's just be clear. You're talking about somebody who's going to get an LLC or an S-Corp, not just get a 1099, correct? That, that's correct. I mean, and, and it, so when you do an independent contractor, you, uh, honestly, you've got the, the opportunity to just do a sole proprietorship. But you and I both know that that's not really the way it, it, it works well. Or you're not taking advantage of the 
best options you, you can do. You know, you've got to put it into that the LLC or the corp or something like that to be able to really take advantage of that. And then if people that paid, you know, the AMT tax, is there any changes to that amount? Yeah. So that's, that's one of the other really good changes, um, in my opinion, is the AMT tax now, it's going to affect people. So they didn't actually repeal it, but they got rid of it. So in 2017, you had exemptions amount, amounts of r- roughly 80 grand for an exemption. So then that, that would affect you or f- affect people with the AMT who made somewhere around the two, 200, 250,000 in an AGI. But now that that dollar amount is really going to bring it up to about a million dollars. So if you're making over a million dollars, you're probably going to be affected by the AMT. But most people who are underneath that are not going to be affected by the AMT. And that's that's actually a really good thing, in my opinion. It's kind of funny because, you know, there's rumors that, that oh, we're gonna, we need to go to a flat tax system. And unless you've been hit by the AMT, we actually do have a flat tax system, and that is the AMT tax system. It's a flat 26% because you lose a lot of your deductions. And so, you know, that's something else that getting rid of that or, or increasing that to a, a realistic number, I think was a great thing. So just in general, like if I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, well, okay, I have a business, how is it going to help my business? Just kind of, you know, in more common language, how's it going to help my business? I know there was some talk of some of the, dedu- the deductions going away that we're not going to be able to do as many deductions in the business as possible. So just kind of in in an overall frame, you know, what can I look forward to and what do I need to watch out for? <laughs> yeah, again, I think the um, the best thing that you for the businesses, it is that the business, the income tax credit that you're going to get from the business. You know, a couple of the major things that are happening as far as the deductions that went away, like the entertainment portion. So there's some significant limitations on entertainment. Now, before, if you were entertaining a client, you could go to a, media, a meal, then may, then go to a baseball game, see the baseball game. And then if you went out afterwards, I mean, so you could deduct all those costs for the business. But now that is limited to being able to deduct the meal beforehand, but you're not going to be able to deduct the cost of that the baseball game. They have taken that out. So like even skiing and golfing and everything? Even skiing and golfing and everything. I mean, the, they limited before, they limited what you were doing as far as the memberships, like a golf membership, you couldn't deduct that. But you could actually deduct the cost to go golfing for that one trip. Or like if you had a, you know, you had a boat and you took them out on Tahoe or something like that, you could deduct the cost of that one trip for that client. So they have, they have eliminated that. In total, like there's not even a little exception. Well, and that's where you have to kind of see. So instead of being entertainment, maybe this could be a corporate meeting. Maybe you could think about how how do you change what you're doing to fit the tax code? I mean, again, to do do some some brainstorming and some strategizing to how can we change this expense to maybe it'll fit and become deductible. So um, that's where you have to have the conversation with your your tax professional. And if they're just a compliance individual, they're not going to have that, that ability to think kind of outside of the box and to, to be able to really help you and kind of help you change your mindset. So in Canada, as you know, with my husband being up there, they don't, they have the same, uh, they've had that for quite a while. So one of the strategies that they used to, you know, move around 
uh, and adjusts, I'll call it like that, <laughs> is um, they buy gift cards from the company. And then with the gift cards, they like a Visa card or the cards, then they use those to take people, say, golfing or skiing, you know, boating, whatever corporate because, you know, you're talking business the whole time. I mean, just yeah. in our world, that's what we do. So are those uh, allowable? Kind of how they handle it in Canada? You know, they are in the process of addressing that. So technically, they shouldn't be allowable, but um, they have not come out with the final regulations on that. It was something that they did address in the usage of as far as, you know, using the gift cards. So I cannot answer that question at this point. Hopefully they do allow that, but we'll see. Well, let's go one more place just to address kind of the high level pieces of the tax reform is what is it going to do for the estate tax? I know we had talked uh, briefly last week about the estate tax exemption. Right. So basically what they're what they're doing or what they did is they doubled double the value of what you can transfer upon your death and and or you can actually it's not necessarily upon death, but that's typically when it happens. But they doubled the amount that you can transfer to your heirs. So it went from roughly $5 million up to $10 million, but that's indexed for inflation. So it comes out to be roughly about $11 million that each person can transfer upon their death. So as long as your estate is under the $22 million, if you're married, you can transfer that to your heirs without having to pay any kind of tax. So getting that exemption, it really pretty much encompasses most people's estates, or it should encompass most people's estates. And I mean, again, if you are above that $22 million, you are going to be paying some estate tax on that. So in closing, what do we look forward to? Like when's the next time we should do an update? When do you think there'll be new detailed announcements? Because I think a lot of people are just kind of blind and really not paying attention. I would honestly say in probably about 30 days, we'll have some final regulations on some of these questions that are coming out. I mean, we don't. And for even for payroll purposes, because of the standard, the change of the, you know, one of the items that they got rid of is they got rid of personal exemptions. So you don't get a personal exemption for your dependents, but you get stand, a standard deduction. So the increase in standard deduction. So even the payroll system doesn't really even know how to process payroll correctly or take out the correct amount of tax, which they're having to completely redo. So they haven't even released those. And I think that's that's probably one of their higher priorities right now is getting that out. And as soon as that's out then they're going to just start you know, going through the different codes and, and issuing regulations. And, and, a, and a regulation from the IRS is basically the IRS's opinion of what they think you should do. And so it's a pretty good guideline for what we use to what they're going to be thinking or, or you know, how we can kind of change our way of thinking to get around it. So, well, and thank you for being on. We'll be back in a Absolutely. month for the rest of you that are uh out listening and wondering. And if you want to have a conversation uh, privately about using Weldon services, hiring him, get some advice, go to asklaurel.com and put in your name, phone number, and email, make a request or ask a question. And uh, we'll make sure that that gets to him and we will be right back out with you. So we'll uh, be back in touch in one month. So Weldon, again, thank you. Any advice for uh, those just, you know, or any place they can go to learn more about it? Where's probably the best place, irs.gov? Um, even that's not even the best place. There is not that much information out there. And just I would put a word of caution. If you do go look at something on the Internet, there is a lot of stuff that's out there that is not the most up to date. The different bills that came through the House and the Senate did change. So make sure you are looking at the most up to date, you know, Jobs Act, Tax Cut and Jobs Act information.
Thank you again. And uh, those of you who want to hear more and have a conversation, go to AskLaurel.com, put in your name, phone number, and email, and we will be right back with you. So you've been listening to Laurel's Real Money Talks. We appreciate your uh, time. And uh, every week we uh, come out about 4.30 in the morning on a weekly basis, just so you can take us with you, whether you're out working out on a drive and uh, stay in touch and continue this conversation about money. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. Thank you for joining Laurel for this segment of Real Money Talks, how to make money, manage money, and invest money. To continue this new conversation and to find free resources to support your wealth creation, visit asklaurel.com forward slash podcast gifts. That's A-S-K-L-O-R-A-L dot com forward slash podcast gifts. Thanks for listening and join us again soon. New episodes are released every week.